When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hi, this is Nick Anastasiu, story editor on Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Bad Batch. And you are listening to aggressive negotiations. And welcome to Aggressive Negotiations, the Star Wars podcast that does things slightly differently, and we love it that way. So I am just one of your hosts here, Matthew Rushing, and with me, as he is every single week, Jedi Master, is that Joker on your shirt? Yes, we live in a Jedi society, Matt, and that's uh, why I have... Jedi Master Joker on my show. Ah, could you ah, imagine that? Gotcha. No, could you imagine that though? Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Is to have a Jedi not go Sith or anything, but to go Joker with it? Oh, to he's seen like like that sort of thing that 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 they explore with like Heath Ledger, where it's like I'm just ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's if you're gonna explore any of that uh, that gray Jedi stuff, it I think it it's a more interesting thing to have somebody go Joker with it. And Joker like, Jedi, you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a free idea for you there, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> Feel free to, to take that one. Oh, so. man, that would be terrifying. But, uh, of course, before we dive into everything, John, uh, people could find us wherever they get their podcasts. You know, if you're on, like, Apple Podcasts, please do give us a star rating review. Make sure you're subscribed so you get the show as soon as it drops. We're on Twitter, at the Jedi Masters. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the nerd party. We're on Facebook line at the nerdparty.com we're on instagram at the nerd party so uh please find us wherever you can and talk to us wherever you can in fact you can even send us an email over at the nerdparty.com slash contact which a listener did yes and they sent us a really interesting question to which we're going to dive around and bat around tonight yes because we love to prove that we do listen and uh you know we get a we, we get good uh, suggestions and we work them into the show and this one we're just we're not going to even couch in anything else because the, the question was straightforwardly asked how we felt about the possibility of recasting these classic characters and it's from uh, a longtime uh, listener uh, SW uh, we always speak in code unless you want us to say your name without any varnish or or anything like that anyway yeah, I mean, I think it's a very interesting question. We're entering an age now where we've seen Luke show up at the end of season two of The Mandalorian. And it was Mark Hamill with digital trickery. And then we've opened the possibility, well, what if we want to bring Luke back and Mark Hamill can't come back? Or obviously we can't bring Carrie Fisher back. And there's going to be some point where uh, you know, Billy D. Williams, let's project 10, 20, 
hopefully a hundred years down the road or whatever. But these actors will no longer be with us or they might just not want to play the role. They might just not want to come back for a show. So how would we feel about the idea of having a Princess Leia show with somebody other than Carrie Fisher playing her? I mean, which, you know, it's it obviously uh, if you're a part of fandom and you follow them on social media, you've seen plenty of people, you know, do pictures of like Millie Bobby Brown, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as Carrie Fisher. They look very similar. Uh, you've seen pictures of like a Sebastian Stan as Luke. Uh, so, you know, this is an actual question, you know, because do you want to use these characters for anything else? And I think it's a legitimate question. Uh, especially like you said in light of the Mandalorian and I I think what's really interesting a bit about this is John do you remember when Solo came out sure do and before that I I think most people's reactions to that film were why do we need a movie about Han Solo mm -hmm. and like can anybody else play Han Solo and me actually like it mm-hmm and I think those questions, at least from my perspective, were adequately answered by the film, where I obviously love the film, and I think Aaron Aldreich did a great job of playing the character of Han Solo and really making it his own. And so I think you could... Uh, especially if maybe they're playing younger versions of the characters at all, you know? Um, and I, I do think that's one of the things that maybe makes it a little interesting in, in the question of, like, you know, getting somebody to play Luke, like, say, after Return of the Jedi, and it's not Mark Hamill, you know, that might maybe be a little bit different because it is a little bit different um, than, you know, playing a younger version of the character where you can kind of, in your mind it's easier to kind of make that mental leap. So I don't know. Does it, What do you think about that? Well, just in terms of Alden Ehrenreich, the thing that I always found interesting about Solo, and everybody who's listened to this knows how much we love that film, but I like to remind people from time to time, I, I, I didn't expect anything of that film, and I was highly skeptical, and I was like, who else can play Han Solo other than Harrison Ford is kind of nuts like I was very down on the movie going in and it completely blew my mind how much I loved it uh like I it caught me completely off guard and part of that was Aaron Reich's performance was I thought terrific he made the character his own uh I always found it interesting that nobody ever complained about the fact that the irreplaceable inimitable Billy D Williams was replaced uh by by Donald Glover in the film. And it's mm -hmm. sort of like, well, you know, both of these characters were played by iconic, iconic actors. So it was interesting to me how there were different reactions. I would have no problem with it, regardless of the era. I wouldn't want a young Luke movie because I think that's kind of pointless because we've seen young Luke. Right. right. <laughs> so not evaluate. You don't want a picture. You don't like basically want American graffiti on Tatooine, Tatooine graffiti where he's going to hang out at, at now, Tashi Station. Now, see, the thing is, that could actually be pretty interesting. OK, I could see that Luke cruising sort of thing and have it. <laughs> no, seriously. Racing you, speeders. And no, <laughs> no. You make him you make him like the toad character 
or you know, or even the, <laughs> no, seriously, or even um, even uh, Ron Howard's character. I could see Luke and yeah, that, absolutely. That sort of thing. I mean, he's yeah, and pay attention to his time with Cammy and Fixer, and like I think Fixer would obviously be the uh, the the Bob Falfa of the of the group. Um, you know, that sort of al- intimidating alpha sort of thing. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's a whole rabbit hole. I've never had a problem with recasting. Uh, and the example I always point to is I think Maggie Gyllenhaal did a better job of Rachel Dawes than Katie Holmes did. There are people I mean, who she think she didn't really have a high bar. So there are people who think I'm speaking absolute heresy for saying that. Yeah, but Tristan's wrong. So, well, you know, there no there are others. There are others. I I have a a friend who I've known for literal decades who thinks Katie Holmes owned that role and Maggie <laughs> Gyllenhaal stands in her owned that shadow. role. I mean, would we say owned? Would I, we listen, say owned? Listen. The point is recasting <laughs> has happened. I mean, Star Trek fans rolled with Savick changing completely, even getting curly hair. Between movies, you know, or like a, any of a number of things. And I think it's I think it's a completely valid move. Like at a certain point, you have to accept it, right? You're either never going to use the character again, which I think we would accept with Luke. But I think we've also accepted, that, especially with the way season two of The Mandalorian ended. I think it's inevitable we see Luke at some point again. I don't think we can avoid him. At this point. So unless they completely, you know, they have uh, uh, Mark Hamill read the entire English language so that they can digitally recreate his voice and then, you know, start working now on a complete like he <laughs> Luke, Luke Binks, you know, just a completely CG yeah. character. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's unavoidable. We're good. Like. Do you agree? Like, I think it's an unavoidable we're going to see these characters recast. I, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that on that front that it will probably happen. I, I do think they'll be used sparingly, though. Uh, I, I think one of the things in that is that, and I don't know if it just comes from, you know, the sequel trilogy and everything, but I do almost feel as though they're going to be much more careful in the future as to how they use them and why they use them. Um, and, and so like the Mandalorian, it's this kind of very special, uh, but you know, honestly quick, you know, uh, time that, that he's on screen, you know, and, and I mean, obviously when he's doing all the lightsaber stuff, that's not Mark Hamill, that's a body double. Um, yes. and so, uh, I, I, I think they're, they're, they're really taking into account that we don't want to just trivialize using these type of characters, um, but, you know, the idea of of finding somebody who could play the role and when you need that to happen, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. You know, again, I've seen the fan mock-ups of like Sebastian Stan. He looks very much like Mark Hamill at the time. Um, I think he's a little taller maybe, but uh, heck, even uh, the thought process of having uh, Millie Bobby Brown play a young Leia could be actually pretty interesting because we don't know a ton about Leia. I mean, we've had some, we've had the the book about her, but you know, I feel like that's where that actually might be really interesting to see more of her character because you know, Star Wars follows Luke and not Leia, and so to right. kind of see her journey might be qu- quite interesting actually, and 
maybe even uh, getting more background with Alderaan and all that stuff. Well, I, you know, so I, no, I mean, you know, forget Alderaan. Like, and yes, I know this is heresy to some Star Wars fans, but. I love all the political stuff from the prequels. I'd love to see her work her way through the Senate. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and figure out how she's doing and find out what a burr she is. And then you find out, like, I would love more coloration for how the Senate functioned when there was an emperor, because obviously they were just a rubber stamp on what he wanted to do. So you want it to be called House of Sabacc instead of House of Cards? Yeah. No. Oh, I got it. I got it. I liked it. I was thinking about it for a second, whether I liked it or not. And I do. I do like it. <laughs> I do like it. I think the more interesting question would be, would we be willing to entertain the idea of recasting, uh, and this is just going off on a tangent, let's say, God forbid, something were to happen to uh, Pedro Pascal, right? He wins the lottery and he's like, screw y'all, I'm going home. And he doesn't, you know, they can't even lure him back. Or Tamura Morrison, one day, he's like, ah, I'm retiring, you know, and he's like Sean Connery about it. They can't they can't bring him out of retirement for love or money. How would we deal with Boba Fett being recast at this point or the Mandalorian or, you know, like, how would we deal with that? Yeah, I, I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I think the Mandalorian is a little bit easier just because he is played by a lot of people, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in it, it. But obviously the voice m makes it right. Um, well, I mean, I'd say it's probably still 50-50, especially when, you know, you have somebody else doing all the movements, you know, with mm -hmm. stunt guys all working, you know, you've got, um, Brendan Wayne, you know, doing the role. And then again, you do have Pedro, uh, and so they're all working together, to create the character. So in, in many ways, we're already kind of seeing that where you're having a m multiple people bring one character to life. Whereas Tamara Morrison, it's a little bit different because, you know, um, he is that character, right. you know, uh, and, and, and so, but, you know, I, I think one of the things we learn in Hollywood is you have to roll with things. And, and I would say this, you know, having been a fan of like other shows where uh, characters have to die or whatever because you want, because people move on. Yeah. Um. Is to be careful to not outlive your story by having your shows go on for too long to the point where people do want to move on because they want to play something else, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and then speaking specifically, having been a Grey's Anatomy fan, uh, I'm not anymore. I don't watch the show anymore live. You know, I still enjoy some of the earlier seasons, but on a whole, that show went on for so long that people wanted to start getting out of the show because they wanted to do other stuff. And therefore, characters you loved had to die or whatever, or you kind of had to ruin a character, basically, to get them off the show somehow. And so it's like, don't overstay your welcome. Mm -hmm. um, so, so try to tell stories to which that's not going to happen. So I don't think they're going to do that. You know, I don't think, you know, Dave and, and, and John have that idea with, the Mandalorian or anything, but you know, you definitely want to be careful. Honestly, it's better almost to leave people wanting a little bit more than, you know, getting to the point where they are either bored with it, your actors behind the scenes, or just even fans are. This is one of the things too, where I, I wish that people were more willing to embrace animation. And as we record this, we're all eagerly anticipating the debut of the Bad Batch, which I, you know, 
I, I, I've been looking forward to ever since, you know, I, I mean, same here, you know, and, and that, that backdoor pilot they had for them basically in the, in the final season, of the clone wars is just brilliant. But this is where I think we have an, an advantage with star Wars animation is it is easier to plan out and have your shows last as long as you want them to last without being beholden to the whims of an actor or an actress, right? Where it is so much easier to adapt with unexpected changes because of the nature of animations that is so far planned out. Right. You lay the track so far ahead of time and you have to think so far down the road and there's a certain element of unpredictability that is removed from the equation. Right. Um, you know, there there there's just a thing where I hope I, I and I know I'm quasi rambling here, but I hope that Bad Batch is so successful that they realize not everything needs to be live action because the impulse sure. now is going to be look at what we could do with Mandalorian. Everything should be live action now. It's like, no, no, no. Animated shows are good, too. We can we can go ahead with that. And insulate ourselves uh to a certain extent from unpredictability and um i think it's just a question of ironically reversing the lack of a better word stigma that thanks to disney exists with animation where people look at at it as a kid's thing as opposed to an artistic thing anyway i know that's a whole other thing there but like I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to put it in the context of how would I have felt back in the 80s if they recast William Shatner as Captain Kirk between Star Trek 5 and Star Trek 6 or Star Trek 1 and Star Trek 2 I right like that's yeah yeah that that's a, I think difficult. that's a good comparison right would you have accepted yeah. that no I I mean at that point no you know and that's where I think that really is a, a fantastic comparison because you know obviously by the time we get a new Kirk it's been years and years and years right since Shatner has played Kirk yeah and therefore it made it easier much easier to accept those characters in a new light and you know again that they were really this is this was the genius I think of of, of you know. 2009 for Star Trek, which is we're putting it in a new universe, we're tying it all together in a very clever way, but it allowed you to hopefully then do something really new with these characters and you could accept why they're new, right? Mm -hmm. Or why they look a little bit different. And, you know, all that was really smart, you know, but I think it's very different than to have, like, say, something that's running film wise and you just, you, you recast it. Um, and, you know, I, I, the only thing I can think of that it might be equal to that is, is say, like in Harry Potter, where Richard Harris dies, uh, and you literally have to get somebody else to play Dumbledore. You can't not have Dumbledore in the films, you know? So yeah. um, you are stuck with that that issue of the sadness of losing a, a beloved actor playing this role, but you're required because of the story to continue with that character. And so, you know, I, I think, again, there's reasons why some of those types of things happen. But, yeah, to just like in the in midstream, like recast a character, I don't think that's a great idea. 
You know, I, I like that you brought up Dumbledore in specific because of the fact that I I do think it was Michael Gambon. That was the actor's name who replaced yes. him. Mm-hmm. I actually liked his interpretation of Dumbledore more uh, than Har- Harris is a, was a terrific, gifted, magnificent actor. But from the first frame that I saw him, he was too frail to be Dumbledore for for my opinion. So anyway, that commentary aside, um, yeah, it is an interesting challenge. What I think also is the question then becomes as well, who is so iconic that they rise to that Shatner level, right? Who is so iconic in Star Wars? What actor is so iconic that even attempting to replace them would be sacrilege? I have one name that immediately pops to mind, but before I, I even get to that, I, w- I want to just, because we're talking the hypotheticals and everything, what if they decided to make that Obi-Wan series and they said, but Ewan McGregor doesn't want to come back, so we're going to recast it. How would you, as, as the Pope mm-hmm. of the Church of Obi-Wan, <laughs> um, sitting in the, in the chair of Kenobi, why, you know, like, how would you have reacted if they said that you're going to get your Obi-Wan Kenobi show, but we're going to get a different actor than you, McGregor? Uh, yeah, that's where you just say no. Um, you don't do it. So you I, would have a line in the sand there. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a very different thing than bringing in a younger character. Again, like Ewan comes in to play that character because he's he's you need the younger version. And now you're moving towards, you know, him being older and everything. And I, I just, again, no, you, you don't do that. Um, it, it would not be worth it because at this point in our minds, you know, he is that character. Mm-hmm. He just, he just is. Um, you, you can't change him. You know, like I, I think absolutely Ewan McGregor cemented himself in the prequels as, the character and it, it would be wrong i i do think it would be wrong to to bring somebody else in um and so and, and make him obi-wan kenobi so i that yes i would absolutely say you nailed a character that which i would say no i don't want to see anybody else play him at this point so what if we get some distance then because we we talked about the richard harris michael gambon switch which was necessitated we've talked about katie holmes and maggie gyllenhaal uh you know swapping roles there so we have hit something. What if it became a question of time where, let's say, you and I, hopefully we're still around 10, 15 years from now, and hopefully we still love Star Wars and Star Wars still loves us, and we get down the road, and then they decide to make the Kenobi show. There's no announcement right now that there was going to be a Kenobi show, but they move even further down. Then there's a Kenobi show in 10 or 15 years. Would recasting be okay then or it has just the ship sailed and Hmm. no yeah i mean that's a i think that is a really good question because timing is everything right yeah you know and so i think you're absolutely nailing something it's just the ship sailed you know and and i think you know there have been many fans who have been in that position specifically with kenobi where you're just like guys you got to do this because you 
truly have an actor who's at the perfect age to be doing this in the first place, don't screw this up. You know, if you're going to do it, you got to do it, you know, in the next five years or whatever. And so, yeah, 10, 15 years from now, I do think you're kind of like you've already let that ship sail. Yeah, well, I mean, but but I'm just saying like in 10 or 15 years, is there enough time? Like has enough time passed since Carrie Fisher died now Mm -hmm. for us to discuss the idea of setting something after the Mandalorian, but before the force awakens where we have somebody else play general Leia. Hmm. I, yeah, maybe, you know, I, I, and, and at, at that point, you know, I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit easier of a question because, you know, you don't have the opportunity for Carrie to be involved at all. You know, and, and so again, you kind of got that Dumbledore thing where it's like, oh, well, the, the, that's the only choice. Um, and that's where I do think, you know, the, the question is, do you do it at all? Does the story need to be told with this character? Do we need to be using this character? Um, you know, again, those, I think those are this, this question all the way back to these iconic characters, how we use them and why we use them is is a really big question and and so yeah i don't know that's it, it, it's so tough because i think there's so many different factors that go along with that so i i could see where if you had a really good story that you wanted to tell that would be the only choice with that one um uh, whereas with you know hopefully ewan's got you know 50 years left you know and you know we wouldn't even have that question um uh, I just think uh, to do like a Kenobi style show as they're going to do it now, you know, he's at the point where it's like you do it now or you don't do it. So, sure. Um, um, yeah. I don't know if that answers the question at all. You know, I, I, I don't think that there's a, a clear answer because the thing is, while you're, while you were, <laughs> no, while you, while you were talking, like the name that jumped to my mind that I think is an irreplaceable. Like, so iconic Star Wars actor. You couldn't possibly replace him. would be like Ian McDiarmid. And then I thought to myself, mm. he's already been replaced twice over, getting back to it's the true. aforementioned animation. And both of those actors did a fine job of, you know, quote unquote, replacing him. Mm-hmm. Now you could say, well, yeah. it's not the exact same thing because it's animation. But again, I think that's too dismissive of animation, which was next level fantastic. Yeah. Um and so it's weird because you don't really think about it, but some of our favorites have already been replaced and we just rolled with it and we were fine with it. We didn't even think anything of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but uh, if people think that uh, you're, you know, you're talking crazy talk and they could make a Kenobi series 30 years down the road from now, although well, that would be a weird one. He'd have to be a ghost at that point. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, uh yeah that's what they, yeah, they're they're scanning you and mcgregor so he can play ghost obi-wan um which raises its own problems anyway uh where can people find you out there well i mean you know maybe people think i need to be replaced on this show who knows and recast uh hopefully you don't <laughs> but if uh you no. want to find me you can find me all over social media under the name matt rushing zero two and then uh here on the network i'm also doing uh, i'll post dre kaufman as we talk about harry potter each and every week one chapter at a time over on the TFM network doing a few shows. One is uh, the 602 Club. We're talking about all of the fandoms we love, not just one. There's a lot of Star Wars talk over there, but plenty else. Plus, John and I 
uh, on the TFM network doing Snyder Cuts. We're walking through everything that Zack Snyder has directed, uh, and it's been so much fun as we're looking forward to his Justice League as well as Army of the Dead. It's a surprisingly fun show where we've got surprises every episode for you about our responses to his films. It's great. And then I'm doing The Orb as well as Literary Treks. The Orb is about Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and Literary Treks is about the books and the comics of Star Trek. So, uh, John, maybe people think you shouldn't be recast. Where can they find you? Oh, no, I'm sure that everybody thinks I should. I'm pretty sure that we're probably going to see a letter writing campaign soon. Anyway, you can find me out there. Hashtag uh, replace John Mills. Yeah, you know, I mean. Heck, I think there are days my wife would uh, sign up with that hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) just kidding. Just kidding. Um, You can find me as Kessel Junkie, K-E-S-S-E-L-J-U-N-K-I-E out there on social networks and uh, different various areas and everything. Uh, Letterboxd, Goodreads are a lot of fun. Vero is a lot of fun. Um, you know, if you want non-toxic social stuff where we can connect. Uh, Like Matt said, we're doing Snyder Cuts and boy, that is a lot of fun. It's a really unexpected journey. So do encourage everybody to listen to that. And you can find me right here on the Nerd Party Network uh, on a show called House Lights, where we examine the works of directors, uh, the entire body of work. Uh, And I co-host that with Tristan Riddell and sometimes Brandon Shamutal. And, you know, it's a show that's growing and is entering some interesting territory. So I encourage people to, uh, to listen to it. But I'll tell you what, if we don't get Master Yoda's speeder bike back to the temple in time, he's going to replace us. So I think it's time to close these negotiations. John, negotiations are closed. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.